Claudia McMichael, and I wrote and have lived the other me. Writers are happiest when their reading audience's interest is grabbed by what they read on the very first page. Everyone wants a real page turner, especially if it's exciting and relatable. When those chapters come together and easily segue one into another, it's like whipping cream on a banana split. But the real excitement happens when writers can weave their words so as to entice the reader to escape into the author's world. When this happens, the magic begins. You celebrate by plucking that maraschino cherry out of the bottle and placing it on top of that ice cream delight. Writing has always come easily to me until it doesn't. A few chapters in my book stopped me dead in my tracks. The current chapter I was working on began well enough, but it just didn't excite me like all the previous ones. As a teacher of 32 years, I always taught students to reach and teach their audience. Of course, the audience being me and the other students. I have found that the most enjoyable books reached me from the first page, but taught me something by the last page. But no matter how many times I rewrote that chapter, it just wouldn't come together for me. I began to question the purpose of writing The Other Me. Will readers enjoy reading about extrasensory perception? Did I do an adequate job of explaining ESP? Will anyone other than my grandchildren benefit from this book? It was during one of these self-doubting pity parties that I considered not finishing the manuscript. It was two o'clock in the morning and I felt exhaustion was probably clouding my perception of my book. I decided to do what I always did when I needed help with a problem. I opened my mind to my troublesome chapter and would wait for the morning to give me an answer. About three in the morning, while in a deep sleep, I felt as if my mind was at war with my body. I, I, I can only compare it to restless leg syndrome, which had progressed to my whole body. The taste of blood in my mouth finally woke me up. I had nicked the side of my tongue with my teeth. It couldn't have been more than a drop of blood, but was enough to make me realize my tensed body had been fighting itself I was trying to get out of my bed to rinse the taste of blood from my mouth when I felt an excruciating pain in my hip. It felt as if my gluteus maximus muscle had been pulled from my hip bone. I felt like a Thanksgiving pulley bone without the meat. Outside stimulus like injections don't bother me, but this was on a whole different level. I was just about to try to slip out of bed when I remembered I had just had a dream, a real dream, not a vision. I was put on an ocean liner to do a job. I was to pull the ship's bell to alert people of danger. It seemed like a simple enough task until they told me I had to hide from a man wearing brown slacks because his job was to stop me from ringing the bell. 
I was balancing on the balls of my feet while holding on to the edge of the platform the bell rested on. I immediately saw the similarities of when I first saw the other me while I was crouched down holding on to the china cabinet. I couldn't see Trouser Man and attempted to stand until I realized he was standing catty-cornered across from me. Well, he began to walk towards the big ship's windows. I noticed he was preoccupied staring at something on the horizon. So I quickly stood to ring the bell. It was only then that I realized hundreds of people were boarding the ship. Every one of these real people were surrounded by a glowing light. I knew exactly what that light represented. It stood for all forms of ESP unique to that individual. These people were just like me, always looking for validation. I yanked that bell cord with all my might, letting them know I would help them find the freedom they were looking for. Hey, I, I know this dream scene sounds flaky, but if it hadn't been for the taste of blood in my mouth, I might never have gone on to complete my book. My hip hurt for three days, but it was worth it because the words started to flow across the pages again. I hope my goal to reach and teach has opened a multitude of minds to the world of extrasensory perception. After reading my manuscript, a friend of mine and I had a discussion about her concerns for me. Sandra said she really liked the book and sympathized with me about some of the challenging chapters. Then she posed a question I had never thought about. Was I prepared for people to think that I was crazy or that I had fabricated the truth? She recounted times when she was a nurse working in the hospital. She spoke of seeing things happen that the usual person would find too hard to believe. But she had faith in me that I was telling the truth because of all the bizarre things she had observed and knew me to be a person of integrity. But then she asked if I had thought about what people might think of me. I told her I hadn't given it any thought at all. I told her I never considered the fact that people might question my sincerity as being a very real possibility. I was appreciative to Sandra that she brought that scenario to my attention. I have always been the person that friends would share their deepest secrets with. My personality lends itself to complete strangers confiding in me things they have not told another person. Then they would say, why did I tell you that? I don't even know you. I assured them their secret was safe with me as I consider it a sin to share what wasn't mine to tell. Uh, during the 40 years of marriage to my husband, Ricky, the one thing that he could not tolerate was me keeping secrets from him. Uh, do you remember the ESP incident that didn't go so well? What I must tell you is about his friends. They were notorious gossipers. They could take one little nugget of truth and blow it up into the biggest yarn you have ever heard. It was almost like a sport with them. The wives and I were appalled that in retelling the tale, 
to us that they would think for one minute that we would believe they were telling the truth. Ricky would look at me with a straight face and tell me one of his whoppers. I would tell him, tell him he was lying because I had heard the story a month ago and it was not anywhere near the same story. He would start laughing at the fact that I had busted him again. Then uh, it would dawn on him that if I had already known this juicy piece of gossip for a month, why hadn't I told him? I would remind him that I didn't betray people's confidence, and he would respond, But I'm not people. I'm your husband. Yeah, like that was going to make a big difference. I share these stories with you to emphasize that people who know me personally know I am always honest to a fault. For those of you that hesitate in believing my life story, let me assure you, I have a hard time believing it myself. My daughter Courtney has always thought, if indeed I did have ESP, that it must have skipped her. She did seem to give me a little more credence when she heard about the confessions of Grandmother Sylvia and Uncle James. What she has never realized is that she, she is a receptor of my thoughts. I've used mental telepathy on her since she was a little girl. A fellow teacher, also named Claudia, remarked that every time we were in Reunion Arena for football playoffs, that I had an instinctive knowledge of where to find the girls while their drill team was waiting to perform at halftime. What she couldn't have possibly known was that I would send a message to Courtney to send a message back to me of her location. Of course, Courtney wasn't aware she was doing this and certainly wouldn't have appreciated it if she had. Claudia, the other Claudia, remembered times while at work that I would just always seem to know something before it happened and wanted to know how I did that. She must have been thinking I had insider information she wasn't privy to. Of course, I always use my fallback response. Eh, it's just a hunch. Busted by another Claudia. To answer Sandra's question about being concerned about people thinking I'm crazy, I will tell you this. My Southern Baptist Christian beliefs were indelibly placed in my moral conscience, so deep that I couldn't lie if I wanted to. I realize my friends will have some difficulty reading the other me, but I have faith in them that they will just accept this as part of me that I inherited did not create. Maybe while reading this recounted story of my life, you also might start remembering instances that seem strange, but you didn't know what it was. I have already had a friend who confessed there were times when she was convinced she had ESP. She was so glad I wrote a book for people like her who had lived in the mystery of not knowing that what they were experiencing had a name. So after reading this strange and sometimes incredible story, I can only say, believe it or not. This is the final podcast on The Other Me. I want you to know how much I've enjoyed sharing my life story with you. Coming soon, I will be podcasting my first book, The Ignorant Widow, which is a very funny spoof on me. I wrote it as a guide to help you prepare for a time when you might find yourself alone. Remember, you don't have to be strong, just knowledgeable. The Other Me and The Ignorant Widow can be purchased 
on Amazon and download it on Kindle. This is Claudia wishing you a great week.